Stand by for the hook. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, the most awarded advertising agency in the world. Every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR, The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now here's your host, Katie Kempner. I'm Katie Kempner. Today is Tuesday, February 5th, and you are listening to The Hook, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. Hopefully, by listening to these thought leaders, you will find inspiration and new ideas, and of course, have some fun along the way. So today promises to be a lot of fun. In my third annual, I really can't believe this, Super Bowl special, I welcome back Stuart Elliott, advertising columnist for the New York Times, and Ad Week editor-at-large, Barbara Lippert, who will be talking with me later in the show. My first guest, Stuart Elliott, has been the advertising columnist for the New York Times since May of 1991. He is by far the most well-respected and well-known columnist in the industry, and I am so pleased that he's taking the time to talk with me. Hello, Stuart. Hey, how you doing, Katie? It was quite a game this year, huh? Especially if you're a New Yorker. Yeah, very much so. I think uh, for a change, the uh, the game took some attention away from the commercials. <laughs> Just a, now, is it is the ticker tape parade going on right as we speak? I uh, it was supposed to start at eleven o'clock. I don't know if it's still going or or what exactly. I'm afraid we're. Uh, uh, a few miles away from uh, from the Canyon of Heroes, where the Giants are <laughs> being driven around. So you discuss. We'll, we'll jump right into the ads, and you discuss in your columns uh, several times this year that the Super Bowl spots this year were going to have a different tone than last year's. Why do you think that was, and do you think it made them more or less effective? Well, you know the uh, the tone and the tenor of the commercial sort of goes back and forth over the years. Uh, advertising in a lot of cases tends to reflect where consumer mood is rather than trying to create it or push in a certain direction. So I think, you know, when the um, national mood is upbeat or positive, then the commercials tend to be that way. Uh, when people are depressed, uh, sometimes the commercials are uh, dark and uh, dreary or, or they're sort of frantically upbeat to try to get everybody out of their uh, out of their depressed mood. Uh, I think uh, during the dot com days, for instance, I think we saw a lot of kind of crazy advertising with a lot of very sort of uh, what uh, Mr. Greenspan called irrational exuberance. Uh, and then uh, uh, after the wardrobe malfunction, uh, you had a lot of commercials that were really sort of toned down uh, to sort of uh, take into account the idea that. Uh, some of the uh, advertisers were worried about the uh, consumer backlash against some of the more racy commercials. And, you know, last year you had written about that in, in your Super Bowl coverage. You wrote that although no spot directly addressed the Iraq war, but it seemed to linger right below the surface. But now that was sort of in contrast to this year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think there was sort of a backlash to the to sort of the uh, a lot of the commercials last year, which were just... Uh, uh, kind of violent, and some of them were pretty nasty, and there was a lot of uh, uh, physical violence against uh, against people. Uh, this year, they seem to have uh, 
uh, at least uh, the violence seemed to be confined to property this year <laughs> rather than people, which maybe is a is a step uh, a step up uh, to, some, to, to some to some people anyway. And then also this year, I think there were a lot. There was a lot more humor uh, in the commercials. There seemed to be much more of a sort of uh, jokey uh, tone, a lot of parody, and a lot of satire. You had a lot of celebrities sort of. Uh, taking part in good-natured ribbing of their own images like Justin Timberlake and uh, Carmen Electra and Charles Barkley. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think overall there was a, a little bit more of a, of a happier, more positive tone this year. So, I mean, the, the Super Bowl is really, it's the only media event left where marketers can get such an enormous amount of eyeballs at one time. And I guess it's reported that this year it was 97.5 million people watch the Super Bowl and that an average 30-second spot was $2.7 million, which is an insane amount. However, if you read your column today, it talks about the buzz and life after the Super Bowl and how it used to be, you know, if people talked about your spot the next day, that's all you could expect. But now, you know, spots are posted on YouTube. Can you talk a little bit about the extended life of a, of a Super Bowl spot and what that means for, for a marketer? Yeah, the uh, the big difference uh, now with uh, compared with uh, even five years ago is the idea that uh, uh, the spot is no longer just sort of the uh, the be all and the end all. Uh, to a lot of advertisers, their uh, their big investment in the Super Bowl was only uh, the beginning of a rather uh, elaborate uh, multimedia, multifaceted campaign where they're talking to a. Uh, uh, people not only on television but also online and through uh, through mobile devices in certain cases, and uh, they're reaching out in a lot of different ways uh, to take advantage of things like uh, the fact that uh, a lot of websites uh, will show uh, the commercials for uh, days and days after after the game. Um, so I think a lot of the advertisers are deciding that. Uh, rather than just stop and rest on their laurels on the Monday after the Super Bowl, they have to uh, they have to sort of move forward and uh, and uh, take advantage of the uh, uh, of the video sharing web- websites, of the social networking websites, of uh, of uh, blogs and uh, and uh, uh, message boards and all sorts of other things. What was your favorite spot this year? Well, um, I'd have to say that uh, among the ones that I really liked the most was uh, I liked the uh, Coca-Cola commercial with the uh, Thanksgiving balloons. I thought that was mm-hmm. uh, a really uh, nice, uh, very nice, upbeat, positive, uh, kind of warm and fuzzy, a really good kind of a commercial to show in the Super Bowl environment. Uh, I liked the uh, Audi commercial with the uh, Godfather parody. I thought that was uh, very clever, and uh, it's the kind of thing where if you watch it uh, repeatedly on some of these websites like YouTube or MySpace or uh, or uh, or uh, AOL or whatever, uh, you get to you catch different things in the commercial uh, each time. Uh, I also liked uh, the Budweiser commercial with the uh, uh, the parody of Rocky with the. Uh, uh, the dog uh, helping the horse to train for the uh, the Budweiser Hitch team, so he could uh, win the uh, win the uh, uh, a place on the on the team the next uh, the next year. That was kind of cute, very cute. 
Yeah, that that was. Now, what about the Spot for Cook classic with uh, Bill Frist, a Republican, and James Carville, the Democrat, two days it before was, it was, uh, it was today, okay. Super it was, I mean, Tuesday? It was timely. I mean, it was very clever to run that right before Super Tuesday. I thought that the sort of the message of it was kind of uh, uh, pretty predictable, and uh, and uh, neither of them are, are really great actors. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, and again, for that brand, I think it really uh, it made sense because they do have that sort of image of uh, of uh, uh, you know, gather, let us gather, let us come together over a Coca Cola, that sort of thing. So uh, I think for them, in particular, timing wise and uh, brand image wise, it uh, it it it, uh, it was a good idea, but. Uh, uh, I would say a lot of other advertisers, if they tried to do that, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. Now, is it is it unusual in an in, a, in an election year when so much you know focuses on politics that there isn't more focus in in ads, or is it something that's just better for marketers to stay away from? Well, there's always uh, there are always any number of ads in a political year that sort of take advantage of uh, of the public's interest in the uh, elections. Uh, uh, different campaigns where they suggest that you vote for such and such a product or uh, the, can- the product pretends to run for office or uh, competes against another brand or whatever. And on uh, thanks to some of the new media, you do have much more of this now where uh, you know, consumers can go on a website and actually <laughs> cast votes for these products or, uh, or watch their uh, you know, quote-unquote campaign uh, commercials or whatever. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. And, uh, and when they do that, they're always, uh, uh, they're always good-spirited, and they never, uh, uh, they never do get into partisan uh, uh, territory because, of course, you don't want to alienate uh, uh, any of your potential consumers. So, uh, you know, you might have a product say vote for vote for Coke or vote for Pepsi, but they're not going to, you know, carry on with uh, uh, identifying with a particular candidate. And obviously, with mm-hmm. the Coca-Cola commercial in the Super Bowl, they used a Democrat and a Republican, so that uh, uh, that everybody would be perfectly clear that uh, they weren't they weren't chasing anybody away. They were trying to include everyone. They're covering all their bases. <laughs> right, and then I guess if, if Mayor Bloomberg runs for president, they're going to have to put a third person in. <laughs> they have to reshoot the commercial and put a third person in. But he says he's not running. He says he's definitely not running. Well, they may have to put Ron Paul in. <laughs> so, you know, an, a marketer, and you mentioned in your column today, that it has always been successful about generating a lot of buzz at the Super Bowl is GoDaddy. And this year, according to them, they were really able to generate a lot of buzz by transcending that to, the, to web success. I mean, what did, you, what did you think of their work? Well, I'm really not a big fan of their stuff, so um, I really don't quite understand what the purpose is of running these sort of cheesy, somewhat sexist commercials that have the potential to offend a number of viewers, but the the guy who runs GoDaddy, this Bob Parsons, he claims that every year it's very successful, and uh, the last several years he's gotten a lot of publicity out of this idea that he would deliberately uh, submit to whichever network that was carrying the game. He would deliberately submit a commercial that would be clearly unacceptable to that network because it doesn't meet the standards. Uh, it would be too sexy or too provocative or what have you. And then he would get a lot of publicity, a lot of mileage out of the fact that, oh, they won't take my commercial, I have to redo it. And there was one year, I think, where he, like, you know, 
submitted 17 versions of the commercial when clearly if he just submitted from the beginning uh, an acceptable one, none of that would have happened, but then he wouldn't have been able to milk all the publicity. Uh, this year he tried, uh, uh, he started that process again with Fox and uh, uh, tried to uh, get a certain kind of a, a very broad uh, double entendre kind of a joke into the Super Bowl commercial, and then about uh, uh, halfway through the whole process, rather than go through the whole thing again, uh, they had this idea to uh, just use their Super Bowl spot as a, uh, as a, as a uh, 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 to flag the, the quote-unquote unexpurgated commercial uh, online. And uh, so rather than trying to get a uh, watered-down version of his uh, uh, original commercial on the TV, he decided that he would run that on the GoDaddy website uh, during the game, and his 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 Super Bowl commercial basically just served as a uh, as sort of a calling card to say, "Oh, go online and watch the the spot they don't want you to see." So, uh, and he claims that two million people visited the the, the site in the first 24 hours. Uh, so he's very happy with it. And uh, what's more, is he kept the uh, he kept the, the GoDaddy spot off the Super Bowl uh, this year, the cheesy version of it. So I have to thank him for that. Has <laughs> <laughs> anything really bombed this year? I mean, or I mean, there didn't seem to be a ton of controversy, but anything that you just felt really didn't work this year? Yeah, there's always. I mean, you know, there were 54. There were 54 commercials that were broadcast nationally during the game, and uh, of course, if you're going to have a, a, a list like that, you're going to have. Uh, you're going to have ones that, uh, you know, you're going to have a top of the list and you have a bottom of the list. Um, I really think the uh, Doritos, the music video uh, contest that they had this year was a big flop. Um, mm-hmm. Last year they did something that was hugely successful. They invited consumers to create commercials, and they got so many good uh, entries. Uh, they were originally going to run just one in the game, and they ran up running two. Uh, this year they decided to do sort of an American Idol kind of a thing, and they offered these different singers and bands a minute in the game to do sort of like a music video, but the uh, it really didn't seem to to get the uh, capture the public's attention the same way that the uh, contest from last year did, and uh, they wound up doing a very strange thing. At the last minute, they 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 bought time for a uh, a commercial uh, that came from the pool of entries finalists from last year's contest. So, <coughs> excuse me. If you were watching the Super Bowl, if you saw in the, I think it was the first quarter, uh, second quarter, Doritos ran their winner of the music video contest, and there was a very pleasant young lady who sang for about a minute and uh, uh, this really sweet song and, uh, and put everybody to sleep. And then uh, later on uh, in the game, they ran a, uh, a really sort of uh, uh, very funny commercial that uh, with a giant mouse who was being uh, baited by a... Uh, uh, um, a guy who was eating Doritos, and uh, and that actually was a commercial that finished third in the uh, in the contest last year. And uh, in the USA Today ad meter, uh, that uh, commercial that the consumer created finished uh, fourth, whereas the, uh, the 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 big Dorito winner of the revealing the winner of the music video contest that finished dead last. So uh, so I think uh, I think Doritos uh, is really going to sort of rethink their. Uh, the Super Bowl strategy after this, because it really, uh, it really seemed to be a, uh, a real disappointment. Um, I think the uh, the White House uh, Drug Office had a uh, commercial that was warning about the dangers of uh, of uh, 
teenagers abusing prescription drugs, which is clearly a serious issue, but um, it didn't really seem the commercial really felt sort of out of place in the in the mix of the uh, the Super Bowl spots. Uh, it also seemed rather it was a 30 second commercial. It seemed like perhaps maybe they needed to have run it as a 60 second commercial to get. Uh, to really get the the point across, uh, it was an interesting thing this year. It seemed to me that because the game was so close and so exciting, and the lead changed so many times at the end, uh, it seemed to me that the commercials that lasted 30 seconds really didn't uh, have much of a chance to gain gain traction. Uh, and there were a, a good number of 60 second commercials this year, and it seemed to mm-hmm. me that the uh, advertisers that uh, ran a commercial that long it actually uh, seemed to work better because it. Uh, it gave people uh, a sense that, uh, hey, you know, this is going to be on for a minute. It's not going to. We're not going back to the game right away. Uh, and uh, it seems to me that the, the sixty-second spots seem to work better this year. Well, I wanted to ask you one quick thing about the about Doritos and just from last year and consumer-generated um, spots in general. And, and last year you mentioned, and you know, they caused quite a stir, and it was all about you know the year of the consumer and everybody doing their own commercials and understanding the brand as well as the advertiser. Do you think it's more, there's so much less of that this year, even though Doritos did run that one spot from last year. Do you think it's more about the fact that people make their own spots on YouTube and it's not so, um, you know, it's not so fresh anymore? People don't find it as compelling or do you think it's going to go back in that direction or am I missing it and it's still really there? Um. I don't know. It, uh, I couldn't tell you. I mean, last year there were several, and this year there was there was almost until the last minute there were none, and then suddenly there was just the one. Um, um, the ways of Madison Avenue were very mysterious to me. What can I t- what, what can I say? Uh, uh, sometimes they all stampede in the one direction, and then they all go off stampeding in the other direction. Um, I think it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon. Uh, I think there are certain ways where advertisers can leverage it to their benefit. Uh, clearly, the Doritos uh, uh, effort has uh, struck a chord uh, with consumers and uh, and Super Bowl viewers. And uh, uh, I think in other cases, uh, there are obviously efforts when uh, you ask consumers to create commercials, and they are uh, they 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 think it's a fun it's a chance to gum up the works or to make a snar a snarky comment about a product, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, they. Uh, they uh, create a whole bunch of commercials that are unusable and, uh, and uh, worse yet, are, are, are negative and attack the product, uh, bite the hand that feeds them. But uh, certain ones uh, actually uh, seem to, 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 to do, to do can, can stand out and can work. Uh, uh, so I, I was kind of disappointed that there weren't any more in this uh, Super Bowl this year, and uh, um, I look forward to, to people experimenting with this some more to see uh, what comes out of it. So, all in all, a successful year. Uh, I think it was a pretty good. Uh, I think it was a pretty good year for the Super Bowl commercials. My feeling is, if there are like, you know, five of them out of the fifty-five or whatever it is that that are that are decent, that's a that's a good year. <laughs> so we had a good year, I think, this year. Well, thank you, thank you, Stuart, so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Absolutely, Katie. Always a pleasure. Take care. Take care. Okay, we'll be back right after this. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook will be back after this short break. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. 
Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. .com more than a name business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day webmasterradio.fm wants to give you the market edge join host Larry Weber as he speaks to the innovators and trendsetters who are taking us to a new age of social media e-communities and the blogosphere market edge with Larry Weber Tuesdays at noon eastern 9 a.m. pacific and on demand after the show inside the internet marketing channel only on webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the webmasterradio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the webmasterradio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Welcome back. Today we are talking about the Super Bowl ads. Now it is my pleasure to be joined by editor-at-large for Ad Week and frequent television and radio commentator Barbara Lippert. In fact, she's been on 10 TV shows in the past two days, including twice on the Today Show, CBS Sunday Morning, Charlie Rose, Bill O'Reilly. I appreciate you making the time to talk to me, Barbara. Welcome. Thank you. So... Let's jump right in. What did you say on all these shows? Overall, what did you think of this year? Um, well, I don't know. A lot of people said it was horrible, but I actually thought they were a lot better than last year. What I really appreciated was, you know, I mean, aside from Justin Timberlake, you know, there weren't, wasn't much, you know, crotch bashing or, you know, male hair pulling or rock throwing. I thought it was sort of a kinder, um, more beneficent year of hope, like with the Coke commercial, with the balloons. You know, Charlie Brown finally gets the Coke. And, yeah. you know, the Anheuser-Busch, you know, under horse. You know, it's sort of a year for the underdogs in the advertising, although those brands aren't underdogs. The imagery was, and that was in perfect sync with the game where the Giants came from behind in the last two minutes and, like some yeah. ragtag team in a Disney film won. But you didn't like the Justin Timberlake ad for Pepsi, or you did? 
Um, well, I can appreciate that it was a big ad. You know, you'd think it would be perfect for the Super Bowl. He was making fun of himself. The guy's a great actor. The way he delivered his lines and, and you know, was game for everything was great. They had Andy Samberg in a blonde wig. Um, but for me, you know, for my taste, it was a little overdone. What did you think? What, um, I thought it was a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, it was a little overly complicated, you know, in terms of what, what was happening. It was number 21 on the USA Today ad meter, so I guess people and didn't I, I like thought, it that, you know, like that I much. I thought, you like the other Pepsi Max ad, you know, with the Night at the Roxy. You know, you couldn't yeah. stop shaking your head. But, again, with all the ideas this year, they were a little oldie-moldy, you know, a little, like, based on movies from 20 years ago and, you know, a Saturday Night Live routines from 10 years ago and cavemen and lizards, you know, uh, you know, just a, a lot of repetitive um source material. There were so many celebrities. I mean, we talked about Justin Timberlake, but there were so many celebrity ads. I mean, is that, you know, that sort of goes in and out of fashion to use a lot of celebrities. What do you think? I mean, is it worth well, it? Is think, it not worth you know, it? You know, the USA today, like today, the, uh, the Rossi, USA I didn't even today. know. You know, I didn't even know. We have those people, so they were a waste. And something like the Carmen Electra, I thought was a total waste. I mean, I didn't get the spot at all. She didn't look that, you know, fantastic. I didn't get what they were doing. I didn't get the point. The thing with Naomi Campbell dancing with the lizards, you know, gets attention, and it was the 25th anniversary of Thriller and all of that, but, you know, I didn't really see a link. Yeah. Well, people, that was number 10. People people did like that, but, I mean, what's with all the lizards and geckos and well, other animals that are funny? Well, there's a formula now, you know. You need some, like, cute animatronic animals talking or babies talking or, you know, in order to get um, high on the list of these poles. And it was the same thing with Bridgestone. All those animals screaming reminded me of What's Up, and the opening with the squirrel was exactly like a Geico commercial. But that pulled really, really well. With the the one with Alice Cooper and Gene Simmons. Uh, yes. In fact, talk about celebrities. I didn't even see them. I only saw the animals. <laughs> you didn't see you didn't see G, uh, Richard Simmons. Oh man! No, I, I saw Richard I Simmons. Gene, but I, I didn't Richard. see Gene Simmons. Um, now let me ask you about the, <laughs> an ad that I really liked, but but I don't know. Nobody's really mentioned it, so maybe not so much. Was the one the T-Mobile spot with Charles Barkley? Yeah. Again, I thought that was really well crafted and nicely written. It just was too, you know. By that point, at the end of the game, people were going crazy, and they just didn't want to listen to any writing. They just wanted to see visual stuff. So well, I think about had it played any other time when people were really listening, they would have loved it. But given all the overstimulating stuff before it, they just, you know, didn't even watch. What about the E-Trade spots? Did you like those? I didn't. You know, I'm not too much for a vomiting baby myself, but my son did, and his friends all liked it. So, you know, it got attention, and I think it also did well on the um, meters, right? Yeah, it it actually topped well, it topped TiVo's list of the most watched spots. And I don't really like talking baby spots either. But when he said that he made enough money to hire a clown, I mean, that oh yeah, was that one funny. was much better. Yeah, I like that one. That was funny. But um, yeah, so the the clown one, I I have to say, was good. And maybe it was just the context. But I saw Talking Baby, and I just turned away because I've seen too many Talking Babies. 
You've seen one, you've seen them all. What exactly. about the Will Ferrell spot? Just to you know, finish off talking about celeb spots. Will Ferrell for uh, Bud Light filming a fake there commercial. There was another or... great spot. It was very, very funny. Talking about sweat was really good. He was really good. It was obviously like organically funny. But again, I think there's just a threshold after which we can't like open ourselves to new spots anymore. <laughs> and that one <laughs> ran after it. Now let's turn our attention to some of the worst spots of the Super Bowl. What would you say were some of the worst? Well, you know, this year was very different in that one advertiser set out to make the worst spot. I mean, that was his whole PR tack. Um, the guy who owns, and I wrote a column about this, the fact that there are all these Internet companies with these high-flying entrepreneurs who own them, who operate outside the sphere of, like, normal business and normal advertising, yeah. kind of changes the tenor of the spot. So this guy uh, last year just threw on what looked like a PowerPoint presentation that was a parody, and it came in dead last in the uh, USA Today ad meter. And this year he said, well, if that comes in last, you know, I got 25,000 registrations, it more than paid for itself. This year I hope to come in last, you know. And again, he wrote the spots himself, except that he had them animated. So the animation was really good, and I don't even think he knows why they were good or bad. They were really racist, you know, caricatures of Chinese, and Indian people, and they were terrible, but probably not the worst. What about Sun Silk? Would you say that that one was the worst? And yeah, you didn't I've like been that writing one. about that. I, I don't know about I'd love to hear what your thoughts on it, because to me it looked like a local uh, hair salon that was trying to have hip graphics and just had really ugly graphics. Yeah, I didn't get it. I, I didn't. That was on my list of ones I really didn't get. You know, another one that I really didn't like was the was the um, was it for Career Builder where the woman's heart jumps out of her. I know her because computer. they left her with a big hole in her chest. Yeah. And that was really upsetting to women, I think. And I like the idea about following your heart. I just think they didn't execute. I mean, and they executed it in the most kind of black humor way. It just didn't, the combination of the, the woman and her heart just didn't work. So let's see. What else? What, are, what else? what about, oh, I know what I want to talk to you about, the planter spot. I know. And that got huge ratings, right? Everybody loved it? Yes. Well, certainly Everybody loved that, and I now you wrote about it. You didn't like really it. Can you tell me what you, you know, your feelings on it? My feelings were, you know, the whole ugly goober thing, ugly Betty. I thought it was just, you know, really kind of misogynist and awful that, you know, they make this woman hideous, and isn't it hilarious that if she rubs nuts on herself, all the men go crazy? <laughs> what did you think of it? I didn't like it. I thought it was obnoxious because, you know, it was just one, another one of sexist spots. But, you know, we're, we are watching a football game after all. So, yeah, I wasn't, you know, like, truly offended to my core, about but I didn't. Victoria's you know, Secret, for the first time, ran a spot that didn't totally alienate me. Yeah. I, I, I found so, it, you know, so fine. I, I just found it alluring. I found, you know, that I liked it. Whereas the other spots, you know, sort of like tune out women and are speaking to the guys on Wall Street. And I hate that. What do you think really makes a great Super Bowl spot? Well, the problem is that there's not a formula. And people try and follow the formula. Like, I found the problem with the, you know, Naomi Campbell and Lizards, that everybody loved that, and everybody loved the dance. And if you're at a party with any kids, they were all doing the dance, which is great. But what's the link to the product? You know, so a spot like um, Tied to Go was just perfection, because 
it had the you know computer graphics it had the talking stain but you know you you don't have to say let's see what was the talking stain for you know it's completely one cohesive piece of communication that makes sense mhm so overall this year oh, good year bad I year they were what do you better. think i mean a lot of people thought they were awful but i thought they were better well, Barbara, thank you so much. This went by too quickly. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to join me after your whirlwind tour of uh Oh, uh, yes, I know. Media. After my whole media, media ho-to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, and talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you so much for joining me today. Please listen again next week for another edition of The Hook. And if you are in one of the 24 states where today is your primary, please get out there and vote. Have a great day. Bye-bye.